Hi there. I'm Mark Swallow, and I'm glad you are joining me for today's God Is podcast. Let's get started learning who God is. Thank you for joining me today from wherever you are and by however you listen as we meet together coast to coast here in the United States and all the way around the world. I hope that you've been with us as we have found ourselves in the Old Testament book of Genesis, reading the story of the Hebrew man named Joseph. It is quite a gripping story, and I believe it is a true story. All of this actually happened the way the Bible says it happened. Yesterday, we finished our journey with Joseph at Genesis 50, verse 20, when Joseph looks at his brothers who had sold him into slavery And remarkably, Joseph says, As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result, to preserve many people alive. This is such a vital scripture to know, dear friends. You meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. What Joseph is saying is that he believes deeply in the providence of God. God intentionally directs the actions of everyone he has created, working all things together for the honor and glory of God. And even our sin and the sins of those who sin against us, even such evil is permitted by God and then directed by God, such that all things work together for good. That is clearly what Joseph is saying. That is how he made sense of his life, which was filled with such pain, suffering, and difficulty because of the sinful acts of others done against him. By no means do I want to suggest that Joseph is all innocent or that he does not sin. Joseph was a sinner just as all people are sinners. He was not perfect, but the scripture chooses to emphasize evil carried out against him. Let me pause here as we begin and ask, do you look at your life the way Joseph looked at his? In your mind, capture some evil committed against you. How do you make sense of it? If you are like me, it does not take long to think of what has happened to us. Maybe this is a sin one of our parents made against us, or a spouse, or a child, maybe a supervisor or boss at work, maybe a colleague and or a minister a pastor, a priest, some injustice done to you. You carry it with you. Maybe you have nurtured this into the monster it has become in your soul. Would you consider looking back on this sin, yes, a great sin and an evil, and say, you, whoever it is, meant evil against me, but God meant it for good? Will you be willing to search and see how God brought good out of evil in your life? In preparing to read Joseph with you, I have been thinking about this for myself, and I must admit this is not easily done. My initial response is to say, well, perhaps I can find a way in which God overruled this sin in my life, but, and then I begin to reach out to hold on to the wrong made against me. After all, I reason, That person has never asked forgiveness. So, all right, God, you want to make some good out of this? Fine, go ahead. But I am certainly not letting go of this injustice so easily. 
That is my gut instinct. And you say, well, 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 Swallow, you sure do not have the maturity of the man Joseph. Now, do you? That's an area for you to work on, brother. And I tell you, you're absolutely right. I have a long way to go in becoming a spiritually mature man. I am not quite ready to reason as Joseph had. However, my question to you still stands. Leave others and me out of it for a minute. Look back on your own life. Where is the pain that came as a result of sin done against you? Are you prepared to forgive? Are you prepared to see how God is redirecting that sin, how he may have even limited it and restrained it, and certainly how he overruled it so that your life will be given in honor to God? There may even be a very practical dynamic to this. Remember how God put Joseph in Egypt so that God can preserve the life of all the Hebrews? Through Joseph, God preserved Jacob's family. Well, might it be God took you through some difficult circumstances in order to preserve someone else? Maybe even your whole family? Well, I invite you today to think about this. We serve a great and mighty God. How is God moving in our lives? What is he up to? You know, often we become obsessed with very detailed small items. And of course, we all have these daily troubles that we do need to bring before the Lord. But it is also important, isn't it, to sometimes step back and take some time to think and pray about how over the trajectory of all of life, our loving and faithful Heavenly Father is using all things, including sin, for our good and His honor. Maybe it will help you to think about this if you journal, Maybe it is to make a fresh pot of coffee, to stare out your window from your favorite chair and think. Others of you reflect best on the treadmill or out for a run or a walk. Others of you favor bringing up this question with a dear friend as you verbally process how God is bringing good out of evil for you. Whatever the case may be, can I encourage you to partake in such an exercise? How about doing this sometime in the next week or so? The weekend will soon be upon us. Dedicate some time to be prayerful, to be quiet, to think and to ponder Joseph's statement for yourself. Make plans to process this with your friend in the days ahead, and I will do the same. This is Joseph in Genesis chapter 50 and verse 20. You meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. And now we will pivot and spring ahead all the way over into the Bible's New Testament and meet a second person for which the providence of God over evil and sin is as obvious as the nose on your face. And yet, very often Christians, Bible readers, do not make the connection between this man and the providence of God. How this can be is, to me, impossible to miss, And who is the New Testament person we will follow? He is Jesus Christ. Recently, I asked you to think about whom I might choose. Did you guess this right? Oh, you did? Well done. No? Well, surely your choice would manifest God's providence as well. So think about what New Testament character you thought I'd pick and look for the hand of providence in his or her life. 
Was it the Apostle Paul or the Apostle Peter? God's providence is obvious in their lives. Was it Mary, the mother of Jesus, or Mary Magdalene or Martha? Well, there again, in each one of these women, you find the providential hand of the living God. But the greatest demonstration of the providence of God is Jesus Christ. This is an even greater demonstration than Joseph, because, of course, Jesus is the Son of God and the Savior, the Messiah, and the only perfect man. And yet, Jesus is the crucified, dead and buried man, and yes, risen. He is risen indeed. God brings him back to life from the grave. Beginning today, let's look at his death in light of the providence of God over evil and sin, shall we? And we will begin in the book of Acts. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John open the New Testament, and then the book of Acts. If you know your Bible, you will remember that at the beginning of Acts, Jesus ascends back to heaven. Jesus is alive, and Acts chapter 1 describes his ascension. And then the church is born as the promised Holy Spirit descends upon the disciples of Jesus at Pentecost. And in Acts chapter 2, the apostle Peter stands to give a sermon in which he will present and then defend the truth that Jesus is the true Messiah of the Jewish people. This is the very first sermon of the Christian church, and it serves as a model for biblical preaching to this very day. I will resist the temptation to insert here several comments on the state of preaching in many of today's churches and how it does not measure up to what Peter says here and how Peter says it. I have much to say on this, and perhaps you would like to hear my critique of the present state of preaching, or perhaps you would not. And so if you would not, you win out this time. We will pick up this powerful preaching at Acts chapter 2 and verse 22. The sermon begins back at Acts 2 verse 14 and extends all the way to verse 36. Acts 2, 14 through 36. But join me now in the New Testament book of Acts chapter 2 verses 22 through 24. Men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus the Nazarene a man attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs, which God performed through him in your midst, just as you yourselves know. This man, delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God, you nailed to a cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. But God raised him up again, putting an end to the agony of death, since it was impossible for him to be held in its power. That was Acts chapter 2, verses 22, down through verse 24. This is a dynamic part of Peter's sermon, and it holds much truth about the providence of God. Uh, We will soon be out of time for today, so I will reserve time tomorrow. And I hope you'll join me at this time tomorrow and come back as we watch what God does in Christ's life. We will want to keep our eyes on Jesus Christ as he was treated towards the end of his life in order to find therein the providence of God. 
And if you will read Acts chapter 2, verses 22 through 24 before tomorrow, it's just three verses, then see if you can find within these verses the providence of God in the life of Christ. I hope you'll do that, and then come on back and join me again tomorrow for God Is. Thank you for listening to this God Is podcast. Drop me an email and tell me what you think. Mark at GodIsMinistry.org. That's Mark at GodIsMinistry.org. Please do share this with others and be sure and join me for the next one.